Hi, I want to talk to you about when life gets messy. It's not an if life gets messy, by the way, it's a when life gets messy. I don't know about you, um, but lockdown hasn't been the easiest, but actually it's been relatively straightforward. Um, however many weeks ago it was now, the Prime Minister came out of uh, 10 Downing Street and said, we're going into lockdown, and we all responded. What's happening now is we're beginning to ease lockdown. And what we're already beginning to see is that that is a complicated and a messy process. And that across the world, nobody's quite sure how to do it, when to do it, what steps to take. And actually, um, just up and down your street, probably different people are responding in different ways to it. Easing out a lockdown will be hard because we will each carry into this new season um, different things whether we're parents, whether we're homeschooling, the jobs that we do, um, the health of, of our friends, our family, ourselves. And what's becoming clear, and, and lots of people are writing about this already, is that actually this is where we begin to kind of just see mess emerge as we be cope in different ways, as we think we should be doing different things. And what I want to talk about is how we, as followers of Jesus, can thrive in the mess. Um, it's a general whenever the mess comes, but also thrive in, in the kind of mess and complexities that lie ahead of us. We're in Genesis chapter 40. Uh, the last time we were in Genesis, Joseph had just been thrown into prison. Um, he's found favour in prison and is serving the captain of the guard there. And we're going to pick the story up as two new residents come to the prison. And I'm going to read that to us. Genesis chapter 40. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there was no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favourable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top baskets were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. 
He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So how can we thrive in the mess of life? I think there are three lessons that jump out of Genesis 40 uh, that I would love to share with you. The first one is this. um, Don't trust Pharaoh. Don't trust Pharaoh. The thing about Pharaoh is Pharaoh wants Pharaoh to thrive. He doesn't want you to thrive. The cupbearer and the baker are very much at the mercy of Pharaoh. The text doesn't tell us what they did to offend him, nor does it tell us why he looked favourably upon one and not the other. It just shows us that they were at the mercy of Pharaoh and his whims. What Pharaoh wanted to happen, happened, and as long as it was good for Pharaoh, that was what concerned Pharaoh. I think there's a lesson here for us in putting our trust in authority figures. We forget that that everybody is fragile, is fallen, is finite. And and everybody is trying to muddle through the mess, um, whether they're Pharaoh, whether they're a cupbearer, a baker, or a Hebrew in prison. And as such, everybody is going to get things wrong. And because of our fallen nature, um, to varying different degrees, at times, we're going to live for ourselves. And authority figures do do that. Now, it seems, this is a little bit of an aside, it seems quite strange when we look um, at this story and you go, well, there's the cupbearer and the baker. Um, It seems very unjust, it seems very unfair that one looks, you know, gets restored and one doesn't. And the really interesting thing is the fact that we think that shows just how kind of culturally Christian our world has become. In the world of Joseph, um, in the world of the New Testament even, there was no concept that human beings were equal. Um, and actually, depending on where you came in the, you know, the pecking order, um, just depended on what your life would look like. So if you were a pharaoh or if you were a Caesar, you could pretty much do with others what you wanted. And that was seen to be all right. And it was when Christianity exploded across the ancient world that this concept that we were all equal and that we were all created in God's image and we all deserve justice and love and mercy and care came in. And so the fact that we are kind of like would read this text and go, what's going on there? Just shows actually what inheritors we are of the Christian tradition. But even though our world on one level has changed, in another level it hasn't changed. I can think of offices I've worked in, playgrounds I've been a child in, and everything in between where there have been pharaohs. People who've wanted them to thrive before me. And if I've put my trust in them, I can think of situations again and again where I have been let down. I wonder who the pharaohs in your life are who you place your trust in for like a sense of identity or a sense of security. But deep down, you know that actually they're fallen, they're fragile, they're finite, and placing your trust in them won't work. We respond in all sorts of different ways. We try and keep Pharaoh happy. Um, or maybe you do what I do, which is you basically try and ignore Pharaoh or rail against Pharaoh. And when I first was thinking about this point, I thought to myself, I haven't got a problem with Pharaoh And then I realised I do. The fact that I focus on where I think Pharaoh is going wrong or what I would do differently or railing or rebelling against Pharaoh shows that actually Pharaoh is still up there in my mind's eye. We live in a world where when mess comes, we need help. 
And the lesson I think from the text is don't trust Pharaoh. Our world gets that and says, so actually don't trust other people, trust yourself. But actually our also, our world gets the fact that sometimes should I really trust myself? Can I trust myself? And I think the lesson from the text is don't trust Pharaoh, trust God. In the reading, Joseph reveals to the cupbearer and to the baker that there is a God who is above all this. There is a God who knows all and who knows what's going to happen. There is a God who can be trusted. When um, I was first reading the text, the word that kind of came to mind in prayer was the word telos, which is not a word from the Old Testament at all. It's a word from the New Testament. It's a word that sort of means the, the sort of it does. It means the end. But it doesn't mean the end in just a kind of it, the end. It means the end in terms of a destination, a goal, um, a place of orientation. And what we see in Joseph is somebody who's putting his trust in God, who's made God his telos, his end, his goal, his orientation. And so therefore, prison isn't defining who Joseph is. The God who he knows and is following is defining who he is. We don't need to let our circumstances determine what we think of God. When we make God our telos, he determines how we are in our circumstances. And we can do this because of Jesus. Jesus has come and has set us free. And he's freed us from trusting in ourselves and trusting in Pharaoh. He's taken our sin upon the cross and we can live for him. We can make him our telos. And when we do that, how we are in our circumstances, good and bad, changes completely. How we see them, how we understand them, how we understand God. That's why last week and closed on Sunday, we talked about God's call to come home. Don't trust Pharaoh, come home to me. And actually God's invitation to repent, to recognise the times in our lives where we are trusting in a Pharaoh, are trusting in ourselves and going, I, I shouldn't be doing that, but I should trust in God. I should make God my goal, my telos. It's all the way through the Bible that actually our lives will quite often be messy. We could be Daniel, we could be, um, you know, in exile. We could be Paul in a prison. But in both circumstances, God is there with us. So don't trust Pharaoh, trust God. And then embrace your vocation. C.S. Lewis said that those who changed this world the most were the ones who lived for the next. Those who changed this world the most were the ones who lived for the next. In his prison, in his mess, Joseph is following the vocation that God has given to Abraham and to Abraham's family to be a light to the nations, to reveal God. That's what he does when he says, do not all interpretations belong to God. Don't worry, guys, there is a God above all of this who knows what is going on. And this is the powerful bit of our faith. God has come to us in the mess. He's rescued us in the mess. And yes, he's left us kind of in this fallen and broken world, not alone, but with him, to shine his light, to speak his truth, to live out his power so that others may see that Jesus can be our rock, that Jesus can be trusted. As lockdown eases and things get more messy and complicated, to whom is God sending you? Who has he put across your path? 
to whom can you say does not fill in the gap belong to God? How do we thrive in the mess? Firstly, by recognising that we shouldn't be trusting Pharaoh or ourselves, but that in Jesus we can trust God. We can make him our goal. And then by embracing our vocation to bring the kingdom near, to shine the light of God's love into the lives of those that we know, we care for and we come across. And in that way, Jesus will be lifted high. His church will thrive and we will thrive too. Shall we pray?